You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you, you may be already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason, to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? Welcome to another episode of the Magna Method Podcast, a podcast that strives to deliver inspiring stories of hard work, perseverance, and a commitment to excellence. Today's guest is the extraordinary coach and fitness entrepreneur, Don Saladino. For over 20 years, Don has coached actors, athletes, musicians, and business executives of all sorts. In 2005, he opened his New York City gym, Drive 495. After operating a gym for 15 years, Don expanded to a global online fitness business. He has developed a reputation for training some of the biggest names in Hollywood for the big screen. Listen in as Mark and Don discuss some great takeaways from their personal climb in the fitness industry, as well as venturing into the entrepreneurial world. You can find the Mega Method podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a comment to let us know how the Mega Method podcast has influenced you. What's up? What's up, brother? Mr. Don Saladino, how are you, sir? In the in the flesh. <laughs> I love that. Line. It's such an '80s. It's such an '80s like line. Like you I can relate it. to it, right? It's like I love it's it. like in the in the flesh. <laughs> we we, we could amazing. we could talk about movies all day. All I want to remember. Yeah, obviously, the situation with Joe. You don't know how many movies. Like we'll be training in the morning at Anatomy, and I look over at Joe and I'm like, "Please tell me you've seen this movie." And he's like, yeah. what are you talking about? And I'm like, yeah. man, it breaks my heart. The other day, someone did a presentation on, um, uh, what was it, a programming. And there was a picture. I'm going to describe this, and you're just going to guess it. It's a picture of a uh, Caucasian male and an African-American male. And they're both wearing polo shirts. You can only see their arms, but they're both jacked. And they both give each other, uh, uh, basically, a dap. Yeah, but, it, it, what movie? Predator. Thanks. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is like, these are like, these are like, the, these are the normal things in life, like death, taxes. Like, I feel like this should be understood by everyone. And listen, Joe, I got to be, and I hope he listens to this. Great guy. Um, good coach. Oh, he's good look to him. Joe's special kid. Special, special kid. Special kid. And I'm flat out saying it. But there's specific, like, when you think about an internship or a mentorship program, I almost feel like part of his trajectory is in a way incorporating these common tasks oh. that she should have of watching movies like trading places coming to America. You know, uh, you go on and on and on movies where he's probably like, what are you talking about? Like these are predator commando. Like, come on, man. Like this is, <laughs> and I think, I think interesting. I don't know about well, predator commando, like predator, maybe survival commando. It's like get stuff done, but there's a lot of lessons yeah. like in trading places. It's a hilarious movie. But there's a lot of lessons in trading places. I mean, that's a powerful lesson. Powerful. Very, very powerful lesson. But I mean, first off, I think there's that lesson of discrimination, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you always have that one there. And then I think you also have, you know, the, the lesson of, you know, the underdog, right? I mean, because in a way, Eddie Murphy came into the picture and here was a bum. And then he actually ended up being a very intelligent guy with very, who was able to Ooh. incorporate very basic principles, right? right so right. you can go on and on right, right right now, but I couldn't agree with you anymore. It's a great way of looking at it. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, interesting in, in that trading place is not to get too lost. It's a, uh, he, 
he was the reason he never uh, could be in a position like that. He was he would never ever ever, short of that wager between those two gentlemen, be given an opportunity. Right. Never. Right. You know, it's so right. interesting. It's like yeah, if you say that someone this is their best role and this is what they should do and they shouldn't have an opportunity, well then you're going to be right because they're not going to get an opportunity. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, not really was really interesting. So thank you so much for being on, Don. You you are. Uh, a huge force in the fitness industry, but to be quite honest, I, 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 to the listeners, I don't know Don extremely well, but I've had the pleasure of being around him on a few occasions now and everything I, I know of him, I will tell you that I can spot a fake from a mile away and this guy is not. He's a <laughs> class you. act, genuine human being. He's very sincere, cares about people, and he's in it for all the right reasons. And it's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's the truth, and, and uh, it's a wonder why he is so successful. So it's a joy to talk to you. Uh, thank you for cutting out time and making time to talk. Uh, I really well. Appreciate it's it. my first off. It's my pleasure, and it's just been it's been inspiring to see you and 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 your story. And like you saw the other day, I reposted it, and just listening to you in Seattle, and it's it's so funny because when you get around a group of people like that, you really start absorbing, and it becomes infectious, right? Like you oh, yeah. you hear Luca oh, yeah. talk, you hear you talk, and and I threw a post up recently. I tagged you in. I don't know if you saw it, but I literally like when I got on the plane and I flew home, I was like, I needed this. Like oh, yeah. COVID and all the, the the downsides of COVID, but also, you know, everyone's finding some benefits to it. Like how did we pivot? How did we maybe find new business? How do we find more of a connection with our family? And to get back into that environment, I was like, my post was, I needed this. Like this is part of who I am. I need to be up there around people who are like-minded because it was so um in a good way intoxicating to be around people like yourself and listen to you listen to you speak no well, thank you so much and the feeling's very mutual but i hear what you're saying like every time i walk out of one of these events i feel like i got an adrenaline shot and I'm, we're around people <laughs> who are so seasoned and so smart and i feel like i'm you know the, the, there's so many intelligent people in the room i certainly feel like i have so much to learn when i'm around people but then you have a, yeah. a, a whole crew of young trainers uh, people who are, are aspiring to create their own businesses and, and do other things in their life involved in fitness and wellness and just gives me a ton of energy. And I, I always say, I don't know if I want to go to this thing, but I've been taking on the attitude. I, I have to go to this thing because it's a responsibility. Yeah. Like Joe, you know, he, he, he said he was going before I committed and he said, Hey, I, I heard right. you might speak at this thing. And I said, you're going, he said, of course, that's how I learned about anatomy. And I was like, oh That's my goodness, sick. it has tentacles like yeah. that and it has yeah. arms and it reaches people and it provides great value in people's lives. It gives them just some some great takeaways to, to work on that it might take you an additional 5, 10, 15 years to learn those things if you don't get around people like yourself. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, it's, it's this trajectory, right? I mean, you look at back 20 years ago for you and if they threw you into the situation you're in now, like, would you have been able to handle it? Like, I, I believe that you, Oof. you could adapt and I would have adapted, but there's just this maturity that comes with just seasoning, right? It's just, it's just time. Like, and I, and I see it with a lot of the young trainers who want to jump in, you know, dive into the books and they're, they're the smartest people on the planet. And I'm like, yeah, man, until you, until you get injured, until you lose your business, until you lo lose a loved one, until you go through these things, or like when you were turning around talking about that story of sitting in the car with your business partner, yeah. right? And you were talking about like literally begging. Yeah. I went through yeah. the exact same thing. Oh, wow. And I'm, I remember I remember the conversation, like, come on, like, 
it's a great product. People just don't know yeah. about it. I need a yeah. little more time. I little need a little more time. And thinking to myself, if I lose this, this is my identity. Who am oh, I? Yeah. What am I going to do? And then the inspiring thing for me was I spoke to people like Calvin Klein. I spoke to Joel Horowitz, the founder of Tommy Hilfiger. Every single one of them, every successful person that I sat with almost had the exact same story that you gave. Really? And wow. yeah, but that's, it. it's part of it. Like, do you work like, like being in the situation you are now? Like, I, I know you're not sitting there with your hands behind your head because that's not your personality and that's why you're great. But like, you don't regret going through that. You don't regret having that conversation that molded you that, that put a little bit more abrasiveness on your arms. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that gave you a little bit more padding to be able to withstand that punch going through that. That's a story that you'll never stop telling, hopefully. And that's a story that you needed to happen to get to where you are today. Absolutely. Uh, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head and I'll, I'll tell you when I'm sitting in that car, uh, my business partner, Chris, I remember you know, everyone says, you know, you got to push through it and, and make it happen. Like that, that's all fun and that sounds great, but that's kind of BS because when you're feeling it and you're in that moment and you're feel like the stress is so overwhelming and it's just crushing your soul. Like I actually understand why people say, you know, it's not for me. I really do. And I, and I respect them by yeah. the way. Yep. Yep. But it wasn't, it wasn't the path that we chose because we, we, we both had to, find a way to make it happen. And um, it was interesting. I remember burning about a hundred K a month for about a year and like, it was just bleeding. And then we're like borrowing from Peter to pay Paul and we had a good plan in place. And then we're kind of pulling ourselves out of the hole. And every month we saw ourselves recovering, recovering, recovering. And I, I, and I said a hundred grand a month on average. Um, but it was, um, you know, that was a, that was a difficult thing to go through. But again, something that um, I'm glad I went through. And, and it was it was interesting for me to be able to, to pivot my way because I never thought it was going to happen. I always thought that me leaving my clubs was going to be this devastating process. But I think for me, it just needed to be more about um, how am I being stimulated? How am I going to build a business? How am I going to change lives? And I realized that I was able to do that at a much faster, at a much more powerful scale, not having the brick and mortars. Will I ever be back in the brick and mortars? I don't know. I really don't, but um, right now I'm doing what I want to be doing, so I'm very happy. Awesome, awesome. So, Don, uh, take us through, you know, you started out, you, you went to Sacred Heart, correct? Yep. You Sacred yep. Heart, you played baseball, uh, you, yep. you had a wonderful experience there, and then yep. what? let's talk about your start in fitness, because what I would like to do is gear this towards young people who are starting off as trainers, fitness professionals, and you're gonna like create a, a pathway for them and just give them a, so many powerful takeaways because you did that for me in uh, Seattle. Thank so you. let's talk about the beginning of uh, your, your journey. Yeah, so I mean, just really quick, going back to Sacred Heart University, playing college baseball, I had a great four years there. I, um, my, my coach was a guy by the name of Nick Giaquinto. He won a Super Bowl with um, I think it was the Riggins was on what Riggins was on the skins. Yeah. The skins. Yeah. So he won a Super Bowl. Washington Riggins. football was, club. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> I can't say that. Right. Exactly. Another conversation. But um, yeah, so he was, um, he was actually a football coach, played college baseball and came in and was my four year coach. And I captained for him my junior and senior year. Wow. And what I loved about what I, what I loved about coach G was, his outlook on mental toughness and him and I bonded so well because he just, 
you know, he loved that guy who would bleed. And it was kind of funny because it was baseball, right? It's not, you know, we're not talking football here, but there was this work ethic and there was this thing I loved about training. And I love to play. I mean, even to this day, I, my son, we go to games all the time. We're, we're, we're Met fans. And, uh, but coming to the end of my career, I had a couple of pro drafts and it just didn't really work out um, for whatever reason. And, but the entire time, I remember being at one tryout and thinking to myself, like, oh man, like, what, how am I going to be able to train after this? Like, where am I going to find, like, I'm thinking about the gym and it just became this incredible obsession where it was just, I couldn't, training was my favorite thing on the planet. And people would ask me questions at my university and I loved answering them. I didn't even know about a coach. I didn't even know about trainers. I didn't even know they existed, Mm -hmm. but I was reading every book on supplements, nutrition, um, power, you know, Tudor Bamba, all these people, the periodization, all these, you know, all these different, anything I could get my hands on, I was reading, I was almost minoring in it. And I remember graduating college and, and turning around and being like, what the hell am I going to do? And taking a few months and like I was delivering light bulbs for my brother-in-law and I was just doing like anything just to make some money. And I remember having a conversation with my mom and she's like, aren't there these trainers out there? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I heard about this, but they don't make money. And she just smiled and she's like, don't worry about that. Like you, this is in your blood. You're going to, you're going to figure something out. You've always been good at everything. Like you, you will be, she's like, go after this. You're going to be great at it. And it was just, when she said that to me, it was just this switch. Great mom. Great great, great mom. Great first coach. Great mom. She was, she was unbelievable. I mean, listen, back to the age of, of, um, second grade, she was, um, my biggest support system when I was dealing with stuttering, when I was dealing with, you know, um, you know, uh, for what I thought at the time was I did have a hearing problem, but I thought it was a learning disability. It ended up just being that I had a really bad hearing problem. I have surgery done. So at a young age, I was really dealing with these insecurities and getting made fun of. And then I, I realized that physically, I was like, I remember going on the ball field one day and I was in like the third grade and my dad was playing with me all the time. And I just remember going out there and just kicking everyone's ass and just being like, <laughs> and coming home and just being like, mom, mom, mom. Like, I was like, I'll, I'll never forget. I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm so much better than everyone. <laughs> I'm really good at something. And she looked at me and she goes, you're good at a lot of things. And I oh, just remember, awesome. it was awesome. awesome. I just remember the feeling that I got from that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you realize you're good and just being like, I want more of this feeling. I like people watching me. And that was when, and then I saw guys like Michael Hearn, who I'm friends with, Frank Seppi, who I'm friends with on covers. I saw, you know, Arnold, Lou, and I saw that look and almost being like attracted to these guys being like, oh my God, like not in a, like in a weird way, but like, you know, just being like, oh my God, these guys are looking a specific way um, that I want to look like. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then at that point, just, um, you know, be, becoming obsessed with it. And I was obsessed with it like later on in high school and then through college i was like after college it was like oh am i going to be an fbi agent am i going to be a cop like what am i going to be and just then dumping jumping into this profession and it was the best decision that i could have made i'm laughing because i did uh i i did my whole fbi thing and i had to i went to boston in the summer and and i i I spent time up there it was uh it's a very similar trajectory you're trying to find yourself and figure out what's best for you what's the best course what do i want to do that that's a that can be a very interesting road to figure out. You don't have all the answers when you're, you know, in your when you're in high school, you're senior, or when you graduate from college. Some people, not a lot of people, have it all figured out, or they think they should have it figured out when they have an idea, but they don't, you know, have all the answers. So it's very interesting. So then you decided to get into fitness. So um, you got into it, and so where did you start specifically? 
I when I worked at Equinox for one year back in 1999, I remember driving all over the city. I threw on a suit. I had my resume in my hand. I had everything typed out. There was no iPhones. There was no map. That there was no Google Maps. I mean, it was literally like, all right, uptown's this way, east west. And I was pulling off at New York sports clubs. I was pulling off at Equinoxes. I pulled off at the Sports Club, Club LA, the first first one they had at uh, 67th Street mm-hmm. on the west side. And um, I got hired at a place called La Palestra owned by Pat Menachia. And I chose Equinox because I thought they, they had a really good, um, at the time, they had, they had their EFTI, their, their Equinox Fitness Training Institute. I remember meeting the PT manager who I really hit it off with. And um, I felt like this was a great spot for me to be able to train a lot of people to become immersed in this. And it was the city, which I thought was fun. I, I didn't want to, I didn't even think about trying to get a job in, on the island. I was like, I'm going to Manhattan, this is happening. And um, that was it. And then I stayed there for about a year and I left. And then I started my own one-on-one business okay. and started going home to home, training about 40 to 60 one-hour sessions a week. And I was making good money as a young kid, but I wanted more. And then I went in for my first um, raise with my brother because he was a professional golfer at the time. We went out to the Titleist Performance Institute and we saw what Greg Rose was operating out there with golf and golf fitness. And um, I was helping him out with his golf fitness. So we went out there, we went through all the training and then we did a raise and then we literally had our first club open in about 2005, 2006. And that's kind of when the entrepreneurial juices started flowing for me and then everything else is history. Awesome. Awesome. Do you remember any specific takeaways? You, you start off in a corporate wellness facility. Do you remember things that, you know, because, you know, we're certainly, uh, we have a team, we have an organization, we're working on our fifth location now, and we have body architects who do a great job. Our team is team is really special, made up a bunch of great people who work extremely hard, but it's not easy. It's certainly not easy, and, and there's a lot of things that you have to go, man, this is, it's actually hard to work and, and have a work life and, and, and get along and the psychology of it. Do you remember things that you may have struggled with early on? I know you're a great trainer and you probably killed it with programming and training clients, but just wrapping your head around it's, 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 I hate the 100%. word grind, but please. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, 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 hundred percent. I mean, there were so many lessons. There were good lessons and there were bad lessons. I mean, backing up to Equinox, I remember a bad lesson that I almost don't want to say, but I heard it and I was really turned off. And in a way it was, a, it was a big eye opener for me when I was six months into working there, they got bought out. The Erico family got bought out and they brought, it's like, you know, Mark, like a new GM comes into a football organization oh, yeah. and they're like clean in house. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's no one's staying. Right. And I remember the GM coming in. It was a terrible message, but she looked at everyone in, in, a, in a room of 45 coaches and she just, her first words out of her mouth are, you're all expendable. And we were just Ooh. like, oh my God, like a terrible message to lay across. But what she was basically saying is like, you're all going to be done unless you're listening to what I'm listening to. And oh, it was a terrible goodness. way for her to be, no, it was, it was a terrible way for her to say it but in a way i look back on it and i was like we were like like we really were because there were people in there who were working on phds Mm -hmm. there were ex nfl players who were becoming coaches it was it was a very vibrant community everyone was alive and it was a good community but what she was basically saying in a very terrible way was don't mess with us like this is this is like this is you're all expendable and then i i realized later on what she should have said and how she should have said it but 
she was in a way right. So it was it was a terrible message. I need to go on record for any young person listening to that. I don't want you to freak out, but um, Whoa, how would you, know, you have said it? Let's. I want to hear that because I'm sure you could wrap your head around a better delivery, right? So yeah, I, I think I probably would have walked in the room and say, "Listen, I know a lot of you are freaked out about your jobs, and I, I completely understand. We are a new organization. We are new. Um, we're, we're in a way starting a new organization, and you know we're going to really be assessing everything, and we'd like to hear your concerns and your comments, but we have to make some real decisions over the next." you know, a few weeks and I would have been very upfront and I would have been very honest and I would have kept it very positive, but you know, my, our door is open for any of you who want to have a conversation. I would have left it at that, you know, or, you know, if there's a way to deliver something, I mean, I think that might've been the way to have it if they were going to shake things up a little bit because everyone was so panicked about their jobs or, no, or I, maybe you just, yeah. maybe you just go in there and maybe you just say, guys, everyone relax. You know, it's, it's going to be okay. Like we're just, we, we got to learn the lay of the land now and not freak people out. So you're not necessarily ruffling feathers. So people aren't walking around whispering all panic because, you know, I bought an existing club once and I saw what happened. Like I went into the existing club and I actually kept two coaches on mm-hmm. because I thought um, they were going to be a good buffer for me. And they were for a while. They really were, but it ended up in time. They ended up being unhappy, but there I learned why, organizations end up laying off people when they get bought out like i understand it's very difficult to come in and to to, you know have influence over people who might have been there way longer than you have it takes a special person to be able to adapt like that but listen what you're doing at anatomy like i I was walking through a few of the clubs the uh the south beach one um the new one in um not keep this game. It's, you, um, you've been in I'm Midtown, sorry. the Grove. You went to the Grove as well, I think. I went to Coconut Grove. Yeah, I went to the Grove, which is uh, stunning, by the oh, way. And I was so that. impressed by the coaches. I was so impressed how, like, in a way, every coach in there, you almost felt like they, they had a piece of ownership over it, not in, in an egotistical way. But they were standing there like, yeah, this is our spot, and we're really proud of this, and how can we help you? And that, at the end of the day, I think that's – you know, that all stops starts at the top. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, thank you for saying that. Thank you for coming by, and uh, I always certainly value and appreciate your feedback and your opinion, and we do have a team of people not to, you know, uh, self-promote, but they are, they're, they're, you know what, they're, I say they're great coaches, they're smart, they're knowledgeable, they take the search, and they, but they're just good people, and that is exactly what I'm most proud of, and they do things on a daily basis where they actually look after each other. Now that doesn't mean they're perfect, but no. they they care about each other and they want to learn. And if they screw something up, they're like, you know what, I screwed that up, and I'm sorry. And they take responsibility. And I just don't see that a lot, so I'm proud of them. I'm very proud of them. Yeah, you should be. I mean, it is. It's probably. I realized this early on when I had my club open. I was always trying to early on hire the smartest coaches. And then after a while, I said, you know, we can create great coaches, but we can't create great people Mm -hmm. and it really came down to like how passionate are they about this do they want to learn do they want to do they want to make this a career like i wasn't interested in hiring a coach who was like oh you know i'm modeling or i'm trying to act and this is just a great way for me to like make money like no i want to i want to hear that not necessarily that you want to be a trainer your whole life but that you want to be in this industry your whole life and this is part of the stepping stone that you have to take oh man i I I would ask you to say that again Please say that again. <laughs> I mean, that was super powerful. It is. Please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No. I. I you know, like I, like I said, it was. Um, you know, I want people to want to take ownership over what they want to do in the fitness business, in, in the sense of like, maybe you don't want to be a trainer your whole life, but I want to be in this industry my whole life. Right. And um, and, and when you're going into work for someone like yourself, 
I think that's, and I already know that's what you, that's what you look for. Cause you make better coaches. You, you will turn these coaches like, like Joe, for instance, good coach. What I love about him is that he wants to learn. He sat there, he paid money out of his pocket or whatever it was. He, he got himself out there on a day, on a day or two where he could have been off hanging out, relaxing at the beach. But no, he wants, that's what I'm impressed about these seminars. Like you show up to these seminars, trainers work hard. Oh, right. Yeah. Like all week long, we're like, we're cranking everywhere. There, the, the hours are scattered. It's early morning. It's late night. It's like you're living and dying by that session. And then they're taking that money that, and these courses aren't inexpensive, but the money that they made all week long, think about that. Their salary from the week, they're paying for a plane ticket. They're paying for a hotel room and they're paying for a course. So they're basically just investing all their money from that week or two into this experience mm -hmm. where they're going to become better because they want more. To me, that says a lot. I could care less about the certification. Obviously they need to have it. I want to know, well, how much continuing ed have you done? Like, are you constantly taking courses? And suddenly they're like, yeah, you know, like last year, like I, I, I went to six different courses and I'm like, well, tell me about it. Right. And mm -hmm. I want to sit there and I want to hear about that experience. What'd you get out of it? What did you dislike about it? And then you start picking up on a lot of things from these coaches. And that's how I would deal with the hiring process after the mentorship program. 100%. I mean, I, I think it's so important that, you know, we, we, we pride ourselves like we're in the fitness business and and not to sound too uh uh catch phrasy but we're, we're really in the people business and i i get mm. the most joy out of developing the people on our team and we are leadership trying to develop the team so you know they're doing presentations they're doing public speaking they get up in front of the groups they're they're teaching they're leading they're taking responsibility and all the things that they have to do is helping them become a better person, which translates to be a better professional, which in turn becomes a more productive person on your team. And like Love people it. like Joe, uh, Joe is great. We have uh, so many people, Jacqueline Kaysen, all the instructors, Brandon Price, they're just unbelievable savvy people. We got a young kid in the Coconut Grove, Mason Pope. He, I'm just so proud of him he, because they take it so serious. Like it's, as you said before, it's not, it's not bad to, you know, do something and, and kind of dabble in fitness. I think that's wonderful. I just think it's really hard for me to go into an operating room and sit there and say, what did you do last night? Well, I was, I was bartending at this super cool restaurant bar, but now I'm, I'm going to do heart surgeries. Are you okay with that? Cause I'm part-time. That, yeah. that scares yeah. the hell out of me. Like I want someone yeah. who's all in and this is their life and they wrap their head around it. And I, I, I they have a wealth of, uh, knowledge but then they have a curiosity for how to add more value to the fitness and wellness industry in general so 100 percent. and jacqueline Kaysen, you just mentioned her name i she was one of the people that kind of popped out of the woodwork when i was down in, in uh, at the coconut grove location and next you know we're taking pictures and we're exchanging information and um rock star but she was one of the people i was thinking about when i was saying everyone's walking around there almost with that sense of pride that sense of ownership and it was really it was really terrific to see yeah well they they, they that mid that coconut grove team jacqueline's incredible uh, she's been with us since day one and, and someone made a joke it was recently it was her seven year uh anniversary with anatomy but she walked over to me and said it's actually 15 years that i've been with you and we've been working together so we've been uh, on a, a long road together and she's she's come such a long way man from being a a, a beginner uh, in training and then she developed into a world-class trainer and then a group fitness instructor then leading group fitness and then creating a group fitness program 
with like over 100 classes a week at all our organization all our locations she's she does special things man she's and then done she brings crazy energy like all the time yeah all the yeah. time it's, i mean it's, it's really i mean that's special. no no she's a she's a she's a good coach i saw that and uh the fact she's there 15 years i mean it says a lot too because she's happy right and then and that starts from the uh from the uh, top but you know it's um it's just terrific to hear. That's that's a rarity, by the way. You don't oh, yeah. hear that much. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell us what, what what you're doing now, because when you got on stage, one of the things that I was really impressed with, at, even at your level, Don's a guy who's been, he's been on covers, he's been on, um, you know, uh, TV shows, talk shows, mm-hmm. he's trained all celebrities of all kinds, athletes of all kinds, he's done it. You, you name it, he's done it. But you also make time to give back and help yeah. people who maybe can't afford it and you know, you're not so concerned with the money. You just want to help them. Yeah. You know what I think, you know, in coaching the money end of it, listen, it's going to come. You're going to, if you have a good business sense and I'm, I pride myself on my business sense. So, you know, as of right now, since I've exited from my clubs, you know, I opened this barn in my backyard. It's um, I went to construction for about six, seven months built built this 2000 square foot like multi-level facility um put it literally it's like it's it's the equivalent of a commercial grade gym uh, it's about 60 feet from my back porch so i'm jealous i'm stuff. jealous it's, and it's, i want to come up there and get a get a training session in listen when you come up here i'll bring a videographer in and we'll crush it and we'll have some fun that'd be awesome i could chase you around on the rower a little bit because i know you're pretty good on that so Oof. we can have some fun with that but um yeah that'll be brutal but yeah <laughs> so i i think from you know from a digital standpoint i i, I really kind of took a deep dive in with a lot of these brands I've been working with for the, you know, some of them up to a decade. And I've really been able to add a lot of value um, on helping them build their, their, their business from a wellness standpoint, from a digital marketing standpoint. Um, And these are companies that I believe in and that I really feel like work really well with my community. And my community right now is probably about 10,000 deep. And um, they either subscribe to my um, challenge, they subscribe to my app, or um, they just download uh, programs globally um, that I have, but they're like reoccurring. So um, it's, it's, it's a lot of work on my end and my team's end to constantly be shooting content. Um, you know, our social media schedule, our calendar, you know, people on the back end trying to figure out, you know, constantly just trying to deliver that new message. But every single day, every single day, I'm, I'm probably giving a few minutes to someone. I'm, I'm, I'm there just trying to, you know, like, like that Laura Summer story that I gave where we were texting, oh, we yeah. emailing today. Oh, that yeah. was a great story. But like she's at, and I'm allowed to talk about this, but she's at a big crossroad because she has to go in for these surgeries now. For a lot of people who don't know, um, this is a woman who weighed 872 pounds when she reached out to me about six years ago. And she's now at about 360 pounds, but she's probably carrying 50 plus pounds of skin around. And we unfortunately, you know, we have to have that removed and her body's not losing any more weight because her cells are keeping alive all her energy of her body's keeping alive the center on all this weight and these rashes and all this crazy stuff. So, you know, this is something that I never had experience with. So we're suddenly calling my brand partner Thorn and they're getting us on the phone with specific functional medicine doctors and Dr. Gabrielle Lyons helping out. And then we're finding specialists in Chicago and we're bringing her to these specialists now. And then it's this whole process of trying to, you know, you know, allow this woman to pivot so she can live a, a normal, healthy life. And, you know, unfortunately, you can't have you can't help out every single person that reaches out to you. But if you have the ability to help, like you, you you should help like and you should do it for the right reason. It shouldn't be to tell a story. Like I, I can't I, I wouldn't even sit here and tell you most of the stuff I've 
I would do because, you know, that's, that's for almost me to help them. I'm not trying to do that for recognition. Right. right. But, um, I, right. I, I do think it's really important and I'm, I'm sure you're the same exact way. And well, I, I, you know, it's interesting no matter what happens, no matter who I train, it's always the most fulfilling when it, it's kind of like a, you know, maybe it's a, a young man who I, I trained a couple of young men who, who don't pay for training. And the reason I chose them is because I actually know a lot about them and it was time. Like yeah. I've been so blessed and fortunate. I can't, you know, we talk about, there are no self-made men. I always say there really aren't any self-made men. Like it's, it, it's, you know, say self-made. I, I know a guy who has his uh, driver's, his license plate says self-made. There's no such thing. I've got received so much help. I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for people going out of the way to help me. And I recognize that every day. And I, 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 I you know, want people to know that it's most fulfilling when I'm helping someone that I'm getting nothing in return. That's when it feels yeah. really good for me. I mean, I love my work. I, I, I think it's, uh, I, I do a good job. I, I think that I'm, you know, it's important to me to, you know, have a price tag. But, oh, you know, at the end of the day, I love working with young kids because you see this fire in their eyes and they're like, they eat it up and they're growing right in front of you. I love it. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And there's something fulfilling about that when you see someone's really there and, you know, for the reasons of just like trying to better themselves and they're just so appreciative of your time. And yeah, I, I, I love helping out people. I just, you know, when, when you see they, they truly appreciate it, it, it just means, it means that much more. So I, I couldn't agree with you anymore. So now you're, um, I remember you told the story on stage, you, you were talking about when COVID hit, you started doing classes and you started mm -hmm. putting up content and you told me yeah. that you lost a ton of weight because you were shooting classes by yourself all day. How many <laughs> classes were you doing a day? It was like 10, uh, 12, people go, no, 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 it was, it was, I was doing probably three to five lives a day, oh. but I, it was just me. And plus me, like I, I have to lift. So I'm lifting on top. It was way too much, but I was, you know, it was, it was an opportunity to help. Right. And it was also an opportunity to, to see, you know, what are we doing with our business here? How's this looking? And I remember collecting 150,000 emails that much month because I literally were just, we were just in everyone's face, you know, um, um, a men's health reached out. They're like, would you give us a day? I'm like, no, I'll give you a whole month. Like I'll give you a month of programs for free with video. Right. And we were fortunately able to really, I think, supply people with a need, but then afterwards capitalize on that. And, um, and we are, we're continuing to supply people with, with a need. So we're about to start our 25th challenge right now. And our challenge community is about 4,000 deep. And uh, that's kind of where I do my daily coaching because I'm on there with Facebook videos and I'm answering questions and I'm you know, giving examples and I'm doing two-hour Zoom calls Wednesday night. So as much as I love the business element of everything, there's still a part of me that loves this scalable coaching format that's not taking up my whole day of 10 to 12 hours like it used to. It might take up an hour or two a day and um, five days a week. But for, for me, that's fine. And it's a really great way to be able to supply people with um, something that I believe is more of a necessity now rather than a luxury. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and where, where you've done so much, you have such a long list of accomplishments done. Where are you going to go from here? Like the next two, three, five years, what's your plan? Because you're, you're shooting out great content. You're a very well-known uh, name in the industry. Uh, people think the world of you. I know I certainly do. What, what's your next you. plan? What are you going to do, Don, from here? You know, right, right now it's a, it's it's a fun time because the formula is that you know, 
you got our foot on the gas and we just got to keep putting our foot on the gas and we just got to keep reaching out to more people. We've got a few brands right now that are doing exceptionally well. Uh, one's called Halo Hydration. Um, and I'm really excited to see what we do um, in the next year, year or two. We just um, expanded into 1400 Walmarts. So um, that's been awesome. And, um, you know, it, it's growing. And it, so things like that with, with the business end of it, it's just been a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, I'm one of those guys who always had a business plan and it was always like that start at the finish uh, format. But over the last five years, everything that we kind of predicted was wrong in a way like, okay, well, we were going to do this. Oh, COVID hits. Um, all right. I'm re-signing my lease. No, we're not better. And it's just, sometimes you want to go in there with this plan and the man upstairs has a different path for you and you just oh, yeah. got to go with it. So it's gotten to the point that since I've been planning a little bit less, things have been going twice as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I think my goal right now is to just continue to be passionate at what I'm doing. Like involve myself in things that I truly believe in. Like I'm not going to go work with a company that I don't believe in. But the other day we just, um, uh, we just did a, a, my, my fourth run up the empire state building, but we did it with on running, which is a company I've been it's the fastest growing sneaker company in the world. I've been working with them for four years and awesome. we did a huge char charitable component for equity designs. Um, which is incredible. It's going to the inner city youth that we raised about 20,000 bucks for that. This month, I'm doing a challenge um, on behalf of Blake Lively, my client, and um, I'm donating $10,000 to the Child Rescue Coalition, and we're probably going to end up raising around another $10,000. So hopefully the number's 20 grand. So we're doing a lot of stuff for charity. We're doing a lot of stuff with some incredible people, some incredible companies, and we're making a difference. So right now, my, my business plans to continue to have fun, Continue, continue to love what I do, continue to build. And um, I'm sure along the way, there's going to be some new opportunities and, you know, not be so rigid and, and be very, um, you know, adaptable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lane, can we talk a second about the Empire State Building run-up? Because I actually mm -hmm. did that with uh, uh, one of my business partners and we ran up that thing. And I don't think people understand how challenging it <laughs> is. Can we start there? Explain yeah, you, to the to the audience on what it what it consists of, please. Yeah, so it's basically eighty six flights, right? Um, and I've done it on. I did it four different times. This was definitely the best experience because we ran, I ran it for the first time at night, and um, that was amazing. But I, I've come out on the observation deck. It's been pouring rain. It's been a blizzard. You know, it's it's just always every time has been like some sort of a different condition. But you basically um, a gun. Um, goes off and you are literally running into this narrow staircase where, you know, if you're coming out of the gate too hard, yeah, you're 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 done. Like that. I, I mean, the first year I did it, I remember literally coming out sprinting and hitting the staircase. And by like the second or third flight, I'm like, oh my god! I kept going, but I'm like, I'm gonna die. Like my legs were done. Oh, and it, um, it, oh, you awful, learned awful. And, and tell them oh, about the tell them about the doorway. What's unique about the doorway that you enter? Oh, it's narrow. It's narrow, <laughs> it's but what's doorway. around the doorway? Oh, I didn't even notice padding. it. Padding. Padding. Oh, you know, I didn't even notice it. They pad the doorway times. because so many people try to go in first. You could like break your face on the, the side of it. They well, pad they it. They did it differently. They, oh, really? They did it differently this year. What they did was they had um they had ten second timers. Okay. And they would have you go off in groups. Okay. So I ran with David Kilgore. David's my buddy, who's one of on running. He ran like a sub two twenty marathon. He oh my goodness. Thirty eighth in the he finished thirty eighth in the marathon this year. He didn't even run a great time, but thirty eight out of thirty three thousand. 
I mean, David ran from LA to Las Vegas, four days at 360 oh miles and 120 degrees. He's an interesting person you should talk to, and he's a great human being. But David's run the Leadville 100. He finished eighth out of 1,000 professional runners. He's a beast. And um, David like went off 10 oh my beasts, God. but David went off 10 seconds before me. So you're literally, we're in line and they're like, go. And there was one person running uh, in. Okay. The second he okay. hit the doorway, I never saw him. I think I saw three people the entire way going up. But um, it was really nice how they did it this year. But in the past, 100%, you're, you're running into that doorway and you're um, bumping into people and people are hitting you. And it's really, a, it's, it's much, much different now. Oh my goodness. It's, it's brutal. And I remember talking with my business partner. We, I said, you know, there's a water station. I don't know if it's on the 10th floor or the 20th floor. And, and I want everyone to know, please correct me if I'm wrong or you feel differently. There's like one or two guys that actually run up this. You're not running up this. You're not. Am I wrong? You're, you're like, what I do is I power stride. So I counted I skipped every step. So like I would go every other step, but you're using your arms. I'll actually put a video up um, on my Instagram um, of me running up because I ran with a, with a, with a camera and um, you're not running, but you're like power. Walking. Yes. Like, okay. I like to say like on a step mill, if you were to get on a step mill, it's probably, if you're using your arms, it's probably like a level 16, 17 right. where you're st- like, that's probably the level that I was going at the entire time. I mean, ran a decent, I think this year I ran it in like 16 minutes. So, um, but I've oh, run sub 15, but it's, it's, it's tough. And I've never once like, like I'd like to maybe train for it one year because you're just so unprepared going in every year. I don't care what type of shape you're in. It's just different. Oh my God. And I realized quickly the guy that won, he was about six, three, 145, 150 pounds. His occupation is he's a professional stair runner. <laughs> stair climber that's his occupation and he flies all over the world to china japan and goes in the tallest buildings and runs up the stairs and i was thinking no kidding I, that's why he won i was laughing this year because some kid from malaysia pops up to me because i'm there with sebastian stan and we're doing this whole press junket and this kid comes up to me he goes hi he's like how are you i'm like good and he's like all like alive and he's like he's probably five 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 six and he goes what you know what time do you think you're gonna do it in and i'm like uh, you know, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I've no. I've no idea this year, and I don't know if we're running in a group or we're not running in a group. And I go, "What about you?" And he goes, "I'm going to try and break the world record." And we all looked at him, and we just started laughing. We're like, "This, this, this kid's nuts." And then right after the race, as we're we're walking down, we're all sweating, we're all walking in the back room to take pictures. The kid's walking with like a big like trophy in his hand. I'm like, oh. "How'd you do it?" He holds it up and he goes, "I won." Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> He's amazing. Like, I won. And we, we all went nuts because we were like, this kid's crazy. And then we're like, we need a picture with you. And then we're taking pictures with him. Wait, did you break the world record? He goes, no, nah, I missed it. I'm upset. Uh, but he had like a heavy accent. He was so cool. And he was just so like, even after the race, he was all juiced up. So it was a lot of fun. That is awesome. That is awesome. So, I, I, I Don, Don, I have a, a couple questions for you. So sure. I, the first one is, talk to me about, the most powerful learning experience. I know you've had, you know, hundreds, but if there's one powerful learning learning experience you can uh, talk to the up and comers about, what would that be? Maybe your perception changed, and, and something you experienced that was like such a powerful factor and changed your trajectory or strongly influenced your path. I used to walk in. I remember I used to walk in the gyms when I was younger, and I would I'd be like that coach in the back of my head looking at 
other coaches training and being like, why the hell are they doing that? Right. Like, you know, and it was, it was really interesting because I, I had a client, a very well-known name, probably one of the most well-known names in the world. Like everyone has recognized this name if I said it. And I remember him sitting down with me and he was paying me a lot of money at the time. And he said, um, listen, I respect what you're trying to do with me. You come highly recommended from all these people and I love it. And thank you. And I love the screening process, but this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're either going to walk me through it or I'm going to find someone else who could take me through it. And I looked at him, I said, all right, well, can you explain to me what you want to do? And he explains and everything he said was fine. It was a little off the beaten path. I said, that's no problem. I said, can you, can we make one quick deal? And he goes, what? I go, can you get in here five minutes before the session and foam roll? And in the beginning of every session, can you give me five to 10 minutes max for me just to get you moving a little bit so your body feels okay? And he goes, deal, done. And I kept him for three years before he ended up moving. Oh, and, awesome. the, and the lesson for me was, is never go into a facility now and think you understand why that person is doing what with that person. One of my, one of my, one of my closest buddies, one of the smartest running mechanics coaches I've ever met, uh, Derek Hansen. He's a savant, a tremendous coach. I saw him at my club working with someone and they were doing a lot of benching. And I remember looking at him and going, what's with the benching? He goes, that's all he wants to do. And I just want to keep the guy moving. So I'm trying to mix him in to do things that he wants to do, making sure he gets a, enough pulling. But this is what, like, this is, he's stubborn. This is what he wants to do. And I understand as a coach, you have to turn around and you got to educate and you got to inspire. But build a little bit of um, trust early on. Build a build a really, really, really quick story. A client came into me and goes, I want to just do TRX. And I'm like, okay, the TRX is fine, but it's a tool. So rather than me saying no and try and talk him out of it, I did a lot of TRX work with him for the first month. And then he turns to me and he said the magic words, I love what you're showing me. What else do you have? Yeah. And the next thing you know, then we started getting a little more, exactly, we, we start getting a little more diverse. Then I start mixing in the things that I want to mix in. Like this isn't brain surgery here, but as a coach, sometimes you got to give a little to get a lot. And it's like, all right, fine. So I did TRX workouts with the, with the guy for one month. I have nothing against the TRX, but all TRX work, you know, maybe, maybe I use it as a tool or maybe I use a, you know, an inverted row or, or I, I use a tool here and there. At that point, we probably hardly ever used the TRX again because there were so many other things that we like to implement. The next, you know, he's doing kettlebell work. We're doing bed ball throws. You know, he's doing a lot of unilateral work, which he didn't necessarily want to do. His body developed. He started feeling better. So I, I think that was probably the biggest takeaway. Don't judge. Don't assume and think you know just by walking in because there might be a story behind that. And I think from a training standpoint, that was one. And then from the business standpoint, until you are sitting in the owner's chair, don't think you can do the same thing. And that's judge. Mark's got to make decisions behind closed doors that no one knows about. Don at one point had to make, you know, decisions behind closed doors that no one knows about. It's very easy for you to sit there and point the finger and criticize and say, oh, I would do it differently. I'd do it better. It was that story I said, I think I told it in Seattle about the golf pro that came up to me and goes, I don't agree with how you're doing things. I go, interesting. Come to my office. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you should have all of your golf pros in matching golf shirts. They're getting dingy and you need to upgrade them. And I said, you're 100% right. I would absolutely love to do that. But I just blew my AC. My entire unit's down. It's going to cost me $15,000 with a company called Concept Air. And it's August. So this is our slow month. So I've got a priority right now. Would you like me to put the AC on hold and put a little bit of that money into 
the shirts and hold off on the AC because I don't have all that money right now? Mm -hmm. Or do you think we should prioritize the AC and I could trust you guys that you wear nice looking polos and then when we can get around to it in the fall, you know, we could talk about getting you guys in proper gear. And he just kind of stared at me. So, but up until then, it was eating at him because he was like, he, he knew better than me. He wasn't sitting in my seat. Right. He wasn't sitting in your seat. It's very easy to mock or criticize what we don't understand. And most of the time, um, you know, they don't really understand. Now, now, there's just poor business decisions, and I accept that as well. There aren't, aren't always people thinking the way that Mark thinks or Don thinks. But, you know, I think giving people the benefit of the doubt is um, is um, is a big lesson to be learned. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it's easy to – I always say – people will often give you advice on things that they uh, will never, ever, ever have to deal with the circumstances or the outcomes. That's easy to do because mm -hmm. you don't have to deal with it. Yeah, of course you mm -hmm. can do that. But if I said, okay, now it's all yours and you're responsible for everyone and try keeping a positive energy in a company organization moving forward in the most enthusiastic, positive way. And it's like, oh, I never considered that. I said, yeah. Because it's not it's not the New England Patriots. It's not um, Morgan Stanley. It's a training facility that brings uplifting energy and health yep. to other people. It's completely unique and different. And all the things that other people can tell me, it's great. I love advice. I love feedback. I want to learn as much as possible. I always want to listen in and learn something, uh -huh. Don. But at the same time, this is very unique. If you haven't done this before... You don't understand all the variables. I always say the training is, I had this conversation with Jacqueline Kaysen this morning. I said the training is actually the easiest part. And I, I know it's not easy. And I know programs not easy. That's not my point. My point is the psychology of it and the people you deal with and how you deal with each one accordingly. That takes years and years and years of reps because there's other factors involved. Health, exercise, um, the way they dysmorphia, the way they view themselves, their uh -huh. self-image, that's completely different from numbers, uh -huh. finance, real estate, medical, like a medical device. That's different. You need reps and you need to be in it all day to understand what's going on there. I mean, couldn't have said it any better. Well, well done. Uh, so uh, thank you. The, the last piece of advice is um, for our listeners, we have a lot of uh, young fitness and wellness professionals. You're going to get an opportunity to give them one. You've been giving them advice the whole time, so thank you so much. But one takeaway that mm. is really going to help them that you could probably give yourself 15, 20 years ago when you started, what would you have needed the most to understand, comprehend, or take away? Yeah, it's funny. and It's, a, it's, a, it's the same piece of information someone gave me when I opened my club in 2005 and when i heard it i kind of rolled my eyes in the back of my head um and there's actually two pieces here um one is um no you know what? we're just going to start with this one it's it's be it's be patient mm -hmm. um and i think combining being patient with a lot of the fluff that's going on out there because what's happening to a lot of these listeners is that they're going to social media they're seeing that perfect ab shot they're seeing that perfect person that's running that business and they're like, oh, my God, look at how great this looks like. This is the life I want to live. And listen, it's social media. Like we we try What I try and do is teach and inspire. I'm not trying to give this false perception that everything is always perfect. So don't be muffled by all the outside noise. Stay in your lane. Be patient with the process and just go in there and be great today. If you're starting as a new coach at anatomy 
your goal today is to wake up, take a shower, dress to impress, go in there and just like someone was paying you a million dollars today. Literally, like I want you to just walk around and I want people to remember you by your energy, by your kindness, by your willingness to learn. Don't think about, oh, I've got to build 40 clients a week or, oh, I got to Like, yes, we know you have to pay your bills, but focus on the process of being awesome today. Do that story, that story I keep talking about with Mark picking up that piece of trash, pick up that piece of trash when no one's watching because you don't know who's watching. It ends up being one of Mark's business partners now at a club that Mark didn't even own. That to me is a story and that's impressive. So, you know what, just to everyone, I know there's several messages there. Be patient and then go in and just take ownership over today. Go home at night, have a nice meal, take a shower, be with your loved ones, be by yourself. It doesn't matter, but look at yourself in the mirror and have a level of pride for what it is you did today. And then guess what? Tomorrow, hit repeat and do that again and you'll be just fine. Man, it, it sounds so simple, but as we both know, it, it, it's not, you know, to have the, right. the, the, those negative voices and negative demons come in. And that's like every field. That's not just training. That's everyone. And that's how we grow and, and adapt to our environment. Um, Don, uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on and, and giving me your time. I know you're such a busy guy, um, but the reason you came on is because you're a caring guy and you want to influence people in the most positive way. So it means a lot. Thank you so much. And um, thank you. Thank you. I wish you the best of luck. I know uh, everyone needs luck, but you're such a driven person. And um, I know you're going to continue to impact the world in the most positive way. So thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. And back and back at you. And just one last thing, Mark, you are someone that I've been watching for years. And I know we haven't been close, but it's, um, you know, we are friends and I'm always here if you need anything. But keep doing what you're what you're doing. Um, it's inspiring. It's impressive. I've learned a ton from you. Um, so it's fantastic. And, um, anyone ever has a question, they could DM me on, on the topic, but, um, Mark, thanks again for your time. Oh, my, uh, thank you. Let's cover that. You're, you're welcome, Don. Thank you for your kind words, but give them your, your handles and how they can reach you. Just simple. Yeah. Don Saladino on Instagram or donsaladino.com. If you DM me on Instagram, you know, give me a few days. I normally like going through it. I make sure I, I answer questions, but for the young coaches out there with questions, I like to try and answer as much as possible. Sometimes I can't always get to it, but, um, if you keep hounding me enough, um, you know, I will, um, I will, uh, respond. It's like that story that I, that I told you in, um, in Seattle about that coach that wanted a job and reached out to me for six straight months during uh, via email. And he was so persistent by that six email. I'm going to close on this by that six email. I, I started laughing. I said, this guy is unbelievable. Six straight months hit me up in an email. I told him a million times. I do not have a job for him. Finally, by the sixth time, I was like, listen, man, come on in. I could give you some work, but it's going to be really hard. It's very competitive. I don't have a lot of people to give you right now because it's the time of year. He goes, I don't care. I want to come in. I want to learn. And two years later, he's my head coach. So um, I hope people can take that story and run with it. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Have an amazing, amazing day. And I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. You too, brother. Keep in touch. Likewise.